This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to MK1 Podcast, a podcast for myself, Ross and Joe talk everything Milton Keynes Dons. First of all, gents, how are we doing? Ross, had a good week? Yeah, I've had a good week. Another day at work done. What about yourself? Yeah, yeah, just um, typical uni work really and, um, you know, just doing stuff for the pod and that. Because um, we had a pretty tight announcement today, which we can get onto in a second, um, before we introduce Joe. And uh, how are you doing, Joe? Are you good? Yeah, good, good. Still, still riding the wave from a uh, Saturday's game. So yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it, it always makes the week. It always makes the beginning of the week a lot easier knowing you've uh, had a good performance of the weekend. Yeah, I don't blame you at all. I think we all are after uh, fourteen months not winning the way. Eh? Um, you know, it's uh, nice to commemorate it. I suppose. Um, yeah, so I uh, briefly mentioned about a, um, a announcement we had today, and um, you know, it's been a few weeks sort of in the pipeline of happening, but. We were, um, we were pleased to announce earlier today that we um, are partners of FanHub now. Um, and FanHub, you know, are doing a really good movement in terms of the hashtag fans first movement and really trying to reward people or more fans for their sort of commitment and especially us as content creators um, for, in terms of the content we produce for you guys and, you know, trying to put fans first as per usual. And, you know, we're actually part of the FanHub FanHub 100 now, which is, you know, a collective of English football's most influential fan content. And basically our mission with FanHub is to together to put fans first, as we said, and as they deserve more pretty much from, you know, what we all give. Because, you know, especially during lockdown, we can't actually, you know, see the players in the flesh and watch the games in the flesh. Um, you know, it's, this it matters more than ever to put hashtag fans first. And that's ultimately why we chose to, uh, joined FanHub as a partnership and we really feel we can elevate the podcast and uh, we hope that you know throughout the weeks and months that you will agree with us and see all the great content we're putting out and hopefully interact with it as much as we are um so yeah, if you want to find out more about the FanHub journey whilst it's uh, on its sort of first legs um head over to fanhub.com and um check it out and yeah see what you think 
Um, gents, first of all, before we get on to the Sunderland game, um, a couple of things happened the past few days. Um, firstly, this one happened a few hours ago. Um, we had a surprise announcement of Andrew Sermon uh, joined the Dons, um, which is a, a quite an interesting signing, actually. And, um, you know, I didn't expect it. And um, another former former player into the squad alongside Bailey Cargill. Uh, Ross, did you have any thoughts on Andrew Sermon signing uh, earlier today? Yeah, it was a sign I think no one really expected. Um, I'm not going to talk like I know about him, so I don't. But looking at his record, he's that pedigree and type of player we actually do need. So I feel like Kasumu's and um, certain players, especially the youth players, can actually um, pick things up from um, experienced ones like Sermon. And I'm just really excited to see what he offers going forward, really. Yeah, it was certainly a surprising signing. And, um, you know, when you when you consider that uh, he was playing in the Premier League a good, what, six, seven months ago, it, um, it's actually, and well, again, it's never another coup, I should say, that we're getting him joining our League One team, who I'd, I'd like to think we're only up in terms of performances and results, but ultimately we are still a League One club. Uh, Joe, what are your thoughts on uh, Sarah signing uh, to the Dons? Yeah, it's really weird. It's again, it's again, just sort of in the mould of Keo and Drome. And you just hope that if he's, I think a lot of people, they just look at the age and think, oh, God, yeah. You know, he's, he's 34, I think he's 33 or 34. But the thing is, if he's even half as good as he has been in the Premier League, I don't think he's played at this level since he, I believe, was at Southampton almost 10 years ago. And, you know, there's a reason he's played nearly 400 games in both the Championship and League One, uh, the Championship and the Premier League, and he's obviously got the quality. And again, I'm just going to have to trust Martin on this, and it's worked out for us with pretty much all the signings so far this summer. So uh, I, I don't, re- I don't really have any uh, reason to doubt him now. Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? It's uh, you know, we've said it plenty of times this pod before, but it is trusting the process, the process, and um, you know, believing in what Martin. Uh, and Luke and the back team staff are building essentially. Um, you know, I, I watched a bit of Sermon whilst I was down Bournemouth. Um, and I think from what I understand of him and his type of is the type of player he actually is, I expected him to be the backup to Fraser in terms of left centre mid role. Um, you know, he's a predominantly left footed player. And um, when he was at Bournemouth under how he kind of played that role in the midfield when it was typically a 4 4 2. And, of course, he played with Russ Martin at Norwich um, previous to that, where he's actually a left mid predominantly. So that's uh, interesting, to say the least, in terms of how we operate with the wing-backs now. Could we see a bit of Andrew Sermon on the the left wing-back? But if if anything, he offers versatility. You know, he can play at least two positions. And, yeah, we mentioned pre-recording how he could actually play deeper with maybe, say, if uh, a Houghton or a a Kaz had to miss out. just potentially for injury, presumably. Yeah, well, with Kasumu, definitely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, you know, for yeah, I mean, I think versatility in this squad is, uh, you know, it says speaks a lot, really, especially with the amount of, you know, different positions that everyone can play in different changes of formation, and of course to be mentor to the younger lads. You know, we've seen it with, as Joe mentioned, you know, Keo and uh, Jerome. Um, and, you know, it's kind of fits the same mould. You know, he's been a captain for Bournemouth previously, played hundreds and hundreds of games at the top two levels of English football. And, um, you know, he's it's a solid signing. You can't really argue with it. Um, seems to people question regarding how we sign all these players with the wage cap. But um, 
you know, I don't imagine that these players are on massive amounts of wages. Um, that may surprise some people, but, you know, it's it's just a case of, you know, convincing them about joining the club. And from our next topic of how we got briefed in the fan forum yesterday, I can kind of see why people, players are agreeing to join the club because it was uh, pretty convincing to me, at least. Yes, yeah, so we'll jump straight into it. Um, we don't talk about this too much, um, really, because, you know, it was kind of spoken about a lot yesterday. Um, but, you know, us three all attended the fan forum last night for the um, seated holes in the cow shed. And uh, the one particular sort of part of that whole forum was how Russia's presentation kind of, you know, took the headlines, I suppose, in terms of you know, how he presented, how he wants to play as a team and all the different graphs and um, metrics in terms of how we're emulating teams like Brentford and Norwich in terms of, you know, high press and generating chances and, you know, how, you know, if it comes to it, that could generate a good ROI in terms of maybe if we go on to sell players like Reese Healy and things like that, how we can put it back into the club and, you know, building, like keep building that process like year in, year out. Um, Joe, do you have any extra comments to make about the presentation from Rush yesterday? Yeah, like you said, it was a very informative uh, uh, evening and uh, it's, it just says a lot about the man that he's, he's more than willing to give up an evening and to explain explain what, what, what his thought process is and, you know, not just tell us, oh, just give me time, give me time, it'll be all right, but it tells us the whys, the hows and, you know, things, he was saying that, you know, there's, there's values that are non-negotiable at the club and you, you either buy into them or, or you're gone. And it's just so great to see someone, you know, buying into, if you want, the MK way and and just really, and that's on the pitch and off the pitch, um, it, it just really buying into it. And it's just so, so, so good to see just that clarity and that focus. And I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm just so happy that he's, that he's our manager, really. Yeah, it was, I think I'll, I think I spoke to a few people before the the fan forum said, are you basically going? And they, they kind of said, oh, they felt quite negative and they potentially weren't just because of how previous ones have gone in terms of, you know, not really getting direct answers to questions. And, um, you know, people were ultimately going you know, to complain about certain things and they just didn't like the, the idea of the evening. But I kind of went into yesterday's one with an open mind and I'm quite glad I did because it changed my whole perspective on it. And um, yeah, I tell you, it was a really good evening. And yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled that Russ Martin's here and doing what he's doing to this club. And hopefully he's here for a long time. Uh, Ross, do you have any, any additional thoughts on the fan forum yesterday? Um, not much than what other you, uh, you two have said. Um, but if we do need any more evidence, um, that fans forum last night just proves that uh, we've just got to trust this process and um, believe in what Russ is doing at this club because he's taken us forward. Yeah, and I think last night proved that to extreme amounts, 100%. So we can't hold off any longer, gents. Um, 21 games, 14 months. We finally got our first away win in the league. And um, albeit, it was against Sunderland, of all clubs. Um, you know, two one away. Um, no one expected us. Well, apart from a certain person on this podcast, uh, to get a win, and um, you know, we did. Um, and you know, we, I think we were pretty even on XG in terms of how before. I believe we got one point four five, and uh, suddenly finished at one point two one. But you know, I felt we showed a lot of qualities that we hadn't done in the past away from home. 
And uh, overall, you know, we got the three points and um, it was a terrific performance. Um, Ross, what are your key takeaways from the Sunderland match on Saturday? When that final whistle went, I was ecstatic. Um, <laughs> obviously, just getting that away win, we, we all know we needed it. And people were saying, oh, Sunderland played bad. But is that down to what Al doing? Did we make them look bad? And uh, I feel like we showed two sides of MK, which we've lapped in uh, not only this year, but in recent years. And um, we showed a bit of uh, class in the first half, um, creating opportunities. And then in the second half, when things weren't going our way, we uh, showed a bit of grit and determination. And uh, we rolled our sleeves up and we got in, stuck into them. And uh, we kept them out. And we more than deserved it. Um, may I say, but I feel like um, at the start of the season when we conceded the early goal, um, we never looked like uh, scoring. And um, for example, Portsmouth, um, and we had a reaction straight away after conceding um, early on against Sunderland with a outrageous header from Jerome and uh, credit to you for the de delivery from Gladwin as well, which was just outrageous. and something we've been lacking in the past few games. But um, overall, I'm just pleased that we've got the result and uh, hopefully we can take it into this weekend. Yeah, it'd be nice to get some momentum for sure, especially with, uh, you know, we say we like to play the big teams, we relish to play the big teams and I think that showed on Saturday. Um, Joe, what were your thoughts on the way performance at Sunderland on uh, Saturday? I think it was a really, really different performance from us. I think it, it was strange to see us almost playing a counter-attacking style in the first half. And I think it really it suited us. It seemed like Fraser was um, a little bit more out wide than he normally would be. Uh, Walker was the same. And I, th I thought Jerome absolutely ran that Sunderland defence ragged. And, uh, you know, I, th it was I don't know whether we, we let them have the ball or, or whether it, that's just how the game played out. But I thought, I thought, you know, it was weird as well. Both of our goals were from, um, well, one was a penalty, one was a set piece, which I believe our first goal from the set piece this season. And I think it, Gladwin's delivery was phenomenal for the majority of the game. Um, but, it, but even just the build-up play for the for this, uh, second goal, I just thought was phenomenal. And and, and we, was, we still had the odd chance on the counter-attack uh, in the second half. And uh, through the second half, I, I feel... The, for all the ball that Sunderland actually had, they didn't actually create many chances. And I think that's just a credit to, to how we, we defended. And I think they, they had one glaring chance, which uh, agent Will Grigg uh, just happened to miss. But, um, but that was just, just from a, a mistake from Lewington. He just didn't clear his lines properly. And I, I, it's just so good to see that not only are we... Because I think, well, the first goal that they scored, it, it, it was a deflected shot from outside the box. Fisher can do nothing about it. It's a little bit sloppy from us, not clearing properly. But the, the mentality to, you know, not even bat an eyelid, to just carry on, to trust what Russ has told told them to do. And, 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 it, and it paid off in the end. And I'm so glad that we finally got... The first, I mean, who knows? It could be like buses. We, uh, we, uh, I think it's a Shrewsbury away. I think we have uh, as a next away game. So, uh, who, who knows what will happen in that one? Yeah, I mean, all we can hope is that it's like buses, right? Uh, we kind of made that reference earlier in the season. And, um, believe it, 
didn't pay off. So I hope it does this time. Um, but yeah, I'm glad they changed up a bit. You know, a lot of the time, you know, what you explained there, Joe, about being on the uh, other end of the stick in terms of, you know, not really creating a lot and the, the team is punishing us. It was nice to be on the other end of that. And um, maybe that was intended, maybe not. Um, but, you know, a flip of the switch is always good. And, you know, I think we more than deserve that win on Saturday. And I'm glad we got it. Uh, can I just add one more thing as well? Please? Yeah, sure. Um, just, just, just. Um, I was just having a look, a look on a, a website. It, it's called soccerstats.com, and they do really good statistics in terms of um, just like when goals are scored, what half, and um, one one of the stats on there is about defending the lead and equalising. Um, we've gone. We've only been ahead in three games. We've not conceded a single goal since we've been ahead, and we've gone behind. Uh, we've um, We've we've gone behind in games twelve times this season, and we've scored an equaliser in seven of those in seven of those, of those occasions. And I think that just kind of says everything you need to know that once we get ahead, we stay ahead, and but we've still got that resolve to not allow not our, not let our heads drop on the many occasions that we do concede the first goal. And I think that's why I think we said it on the Sunderland preview show. It's just so crucial whoever scores that first goal. And it wasn't us, but just the reaction. It, it was just amazing. And as soon as we get our noses in front, I, you know, I didn't, I, I was very nervous, but I, I thought, I didn't think that we would, I didn't think that we wouldn't win that game on Saturday as soon as, as, soon as we went ahead. Yeah, well, those stats only emphasise what we've been talking about the past few weeks, right, in terms of scoring that first goal and getting control of the game. Because uh, that ultimately is what, we're after as a club, you know, taking control of games and just dominating the ball. And, uh, you know, and as you said, for those stats, Joe, that kind of essentially just <laughs> defines that. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see that even if we don't do that, the past few times we have gone behind, we've, we've shown an instant reaction and, you know, actually fought back and showed a bit of grit and an actual want to win the game, which is good. Yeah, so the first type of subject we wanted to speak about from... Uh, Saturday was uh, fishing goal and another amazing performance and he hasn't really put a foot wrong since he's uh, coming to the starting lineup and taking over the role from Lee Nichols. Um, and, you know, I think from what we took from the fans forum yesterday, a spoiler alert if you went there, um, but he kind of emulated exactly what Russ wants in terms of the goalkeeper position and maybe in terms of the defence in general, um, in terms of, you know, not being afraid to challenge the ball and, you know, playing with control. And, um, you know, Jonathan, when he spoke about him a few, um, a few episodes ago, he spoke about how he's pretty good with his ball-playing ability. And, um, you know, there's, with all the um, Premier League and Championship teams not playing this weekend, there's a lot of focus uh, on our game in particular. And, um, you know, we saw the plenty of tweets about Fisher's sort of play, you know, maybe operating that right-back or right-centre-back sort of role for quite a bit of the game in terms of ball-playing ability. And... Um, yeah, it's it was nice to see, and these I'm nice. It's good they had a few saves at the end as well, and yeah, he had a great performance and um, more than deserving of man of the match for me. Um, Ross, what are your thoughts on Fish Fish's performance on Saturday? Just like to touch on the point that you mentioned um, about the social media um, in regards to accounts actually uh, taking notice of, uh, especially Fish's performance. It's actually nice to see that we're not actually being put in the bad name for once. And uh, we're actually getting some praise, yeah, which is quite nice. Um, but 
I've I've said this numerous times. I've I, I was a doubter of um, Fisher, and he's just making me eat my own words uh, match by match. Um, as you said, he commands his area area very well. But I've also noticed that um, when we've got corners against us, his communication's key. He's always speaking to defenders, telling, and he's always shouting fishers. And uh, I just feel like Lee sometimes lacks that. And as you say, he lacks that bra bravery, maybe. And I think it's a bit um, true business from uh, Russ and the uh, scouting network. And uh, I haven't really much got more to say about him. Yeah, I think, um, unfortunately for Lee, although he has got a few games since that performance at Oxford, um, that guy we spoke about where he, you know, came out, didn't come out and then conceded. I think that was well, one of the final nails in the coffin in terms of him being the number one for the foreseeable future. Um, and, you know, f for now, Fish hasn't really shown that in terms of, you know, he's been quite confident coming out and, you know, pretty good with his punches and claiming the ball. And... Um, yeah, and as we saw, he's kind of emulated that same sort of same sort of like shot stopping ability that we saw from Lee um, previously. So, yeah, I can't really complain too much with uh, Fish's performances recently. Joe, have you got anything to add on Fish? Yeah, I think it, it was. It's really, really cool to see. Uh, obviously, with it being international break, and there was quite like you say, there was quite a bit of interest in the game. And I think it was uh, David Priest, maybe an ex Sunderland. Um, I think he was an ex-Sunderland goalkeeper. He, he was saying about how how the way that we use the goalkeeper it is it almost it it basically puts us one man up on the pitch in terms of their striker is then having to press the goalkeeper and then all of a sudden we've got an extra an extra man on the other side and it just allows us to get up the pitch quicker and I think that that's such an uh, an underrated skill and value that Fish has. And as soon as we beat the press, you know, it, that's that's the key um, key for set, setting up counter attacks and, and and attacking. And it, just in terms of goalkeeping, I think, like I said, I, I didn't really think Sunderland they didn't trouble us too much. And I feel that the the this back line was just so composed. And I feel that it just having confidence in what's behind them just adds so much value to the to to the team. And uh, he only had two or three saves to make, but so often he, he'd come and claim across. He'd just punch a ball out, just just get rid of it, no messing around. And I feel that it, it's just what you what you need in a goalkeeper. At the end of the day, we're a League One team. You know, the the, the best goalkeepers in the world, even they make mistakes. So at, at this level, all you want is just someone that can just do the basics, goalkeeping wise. And we've, you know, if anything, we've got extra because he can, he can do so much more, offer so much more to us actually going forward. And he's, um, he's the sort of goalkeeper that I'm just thinking it's only a matter of time before someone like the, someone uh, like potentially like Swansea or Brentford is going to come sniffing for him because it, it's such a, a rare uh, attribute to have in a goalkeeper. But, but if used correctly, it's, it's such a, a valuable asset to a team. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully we have um, fish for a little while longer. But um, yeah, I could definitely agree with your points in terms of, you know, there'll be clubs different around with the style of football we play. Um, and, you know, as you said this weekend, the line we saw, plenty of attention drawn to us. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a good thing. And I, I don't, I, I, I like to see praise. It's, you know, it's more positive than negative in terms of, you know, how we're being attracted to the club. And as you said, Ross, it's, it's nice to see some good news on social media about us rather than typically 
the negative stuff that we see. For one weekend, at least. Yeah, at least. You know, we've got a whole next a whole on a Saturday, so who knows? It might change. Um, yeah, so the topic we wanted to speak on was the whole wing-back situation. Obviously, with um, Daniel Harvey and Regan Paul, both in international duty, we had um, Soren Ola and uh, Ben Gladwin playing as two wing-backs. And um, they played well, I thought. Um, obviously, you know, we spoke about Gladwin potentially being the left wing-back um, last episode. And, um, you know, he started, which was a surprise to some surprise not to maybe us in particular and played well you know he's obviously it's not his natural position so he's going to make some mistakes um but I said he set up the goal for Cami and I thought he had a general good game and Torino on that right hand side it was a nice contrast to me I mean it's quite solid defensively I'd say arguably one of the arguably one of the better defenders in terms of the squad in general and um I just want to say that I feel we've got two decent rotation partnerships from the wing-backs now in Harvey and Paul and Glavin and Torinola, who we could easily rotate around if we had to. And um, luckily, I believe this is the last international break now for a little while. So I'm hoping that um, Regan and uh, Daniel can come back and maybe embed themselves into the squad a bit more and not having to go off to play for Scotland and Wales, respectively. Um, Joe, what are your thoughts on the wing-back situation in general? I think it's really good because I think all four of those options that we've mentioned are so different. I think with Paul, one of his best attributes is his physicality and he's solid defensively, but I also feel he's got a great delivery. With Harvey, you've got someone who's a bit feisty, likes to get stuck in, but also can put the ball on a sixpence. And and then I feel Sorinola, I feel going forward, he's really quick, direct. I don't think his final ball's there. I think we saw some of the... Uh, I don't know if you remember some of his corners from the Portsmouth game. They had me uh, going a bit mad at times. But <laughs> how can you not? How can you not? <laughs> um, but I think I think Ross is going to mention it a bit more. But Sorinola defensively, my word, he was an absolute workhorse on on um, on Saturday. And virtually nothing got past him. And I feel Gladwin with Gladwin. It's you know he's not the fastest in the world, but he's he's physical. He's quite tall. He's going to get beat down the side by wingers. You know it's going to happen. But that's why. He, you know, you don't have to have the best defenders as the wing backs because you've got Louis, the other side on the left, who's, you know, not, not there to bail him out, but, you know, you have got that little bit of extra support. And, but the thing is, we're glad when it's, and we saw it for, for Cameron Jerome's goal. What a ball, what a ball he put in for that. And that's something that we haven't seen at MK for, for a good few years, just a real quality set piece delivery. And I mean, that may be one of the reasons why we've barely scored from set pieces in the last few years. And if we're going to add something like that to our game, it's, it's only going to be a benefit. But just in terms of pure wing backs, I think it's just such a good, good thing that we have so many different options. We can mix it up depending on the opponent. Um, and I think with you mentioned about international duty, it can't be easy for Harvey and Paul. And I, I really do not think we've seen the best of them. I think we've seen glimpses. But if they could just get, I think, I think it goes without saying that they're probably the, they're probably the starters, Harvey and Paul. But I'd say Sorinola's got to be running um, uh, Harvey close because Sorinola he has he's has not really put a foot wrong in the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more with your comments. Really, I put in my notes. I'll be interested to see how a Harvey and a Sorinola partnership work together. Because you've kind of got a complete yin and yang partnership in terms of Harvey's attacking ability on the left-hand side. But Sorinola, who can play the right wing back, is also, as you said, Joe, quite defensively minded. 
So mm. it'd be interesting yeah. to see how maybe those two worked. I'm not sure whether Martin would be, you know, had the balls to try it in a game, it's a league game, but I don't know, it's just a thought. Um, Ross, why don't you close us off on this subject? So you're giving your thoughts on the wing back situation. Yeah, I know when the lineup uh, got announced, um, we we I posted in the group chat of ours um, about Gladman being at left wing back, and I didn't really rate it as such. And Joe warned me, and he was right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he, he done more than the job uh, at a left wing back role. As you say, Liam, he's going to make mistakes. He had a few wayward passes, passing across his D. But you learn that with playing that left wing back role. And he hasn't played that um, since his Swindon days. So I just feel like, yeah, it's a decent option going forward. And um, I'd be more than happy if he um, stayed there. But I feel like he offers a lot more in that in the midfield. And I feel like we can... With Thompson being at well, supposedly being out with his hamstring going at the weekend, um, I'd like to see Gladwin uh, slot into that midfield, and obviously Harvey come back from international break to uh, fill Gladwin's space. So going forward, it's not a bad option to have um, when needed. But going on to the 19 years old um, Sorinola, wow, what a game! Ten out of eleven ground jewels won. He's um, won five tackles throughout the game. And something which just makes me laugh every time I see it, he's picked up the Lewington trait. And we all know what it is, but uh, we won't uh, discuss it too much. <laughs> but I feel like everyone's uh, pointing out about his delivery and that. But what we fa- fail to remember is, and I'll, I'll keep saying it over and over again, his age, he's only 19 He's got so many more years to learn all all these little things in his games. And I feel like under Russ especially, it, what a manager to develop him as a player. Yeah, he's a tremendous talent. And, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about what talent's going to break through this season. And, um, you know, it seems like Matty's going to be the one to do it. Maybe he already has. Um, it, I, you know, mentioned it. Um, obviously, Gavin moving back in the field, Ross, maybe a certain Andrew Serban is going to be that left wing back. Because he has played, he has played left mid for Norwich with Russ. Um, I'm just saying, it could be an interesting uh, little development there. Yeah, we've talked enough about Sunderland on Saturday. Obviously, you don't want to move on, to, move on from it too quickly, but, um, you know, it's a great win. And we're hoping to carry that momentum back to Stadium MK at home to Hull on Saturday. Uh, Joe, why don't you give, give us the general introduction to everything Hull City? Yeah, so after a, a very tough game where you know, no one really gave us a chance against Sunderland, uh, it's nice to know that we've back back to uh, Stadium MK with a very easy a very easy game against second in the table, Hull City. Uh, it doesn't really get much tougher than this, that in uh, League One. Um, they, they've been uh, obviously relegated from the Championship last season. They um, it was quite quite strange. They actually decided to stick with Grant McCann. And it, it it's it's a wonder why more clubs don't do that and do that because it, it, it I feel it just offers a bit of stability, a bit of continuity, and it really seems to have paid off for for whole thus far this season. They've uh, so they sit in second place. They've um, they've uh, won eight and lost three, uh, scoring eighteen, and I believe they've got kept the most clean sheets in the league with seven, which is quite a phenomenal return, really. Um, 
they've got, they've got quite a new look side from the side that was in the championship. They've got it's a very very young youthful side. A lot of uh, a lot of players in their early twenties, so a good age with you know parts of EFL experience, which is no doubt going to help them, but 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 plenty of uh, promise and potential. A lot of their success in the early parts of the season has been built on um, their real solidity um, at the back, and that's. Um, I think I think that's well. It's largely down to uh, Ingram, the goalkeeper, with uh, with his seven clean sheets, and also the defensive partnership of Burke and Device, who've been almost ever present. And uh, they're third for aerial, the whole are third for aerial duels one. And just being that solid means that if if you're not conceding, if you, if you keep a clean sheet, you can't lose the game. And it's such a good base to have. And I find that. Uh, the and 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 um, you know this 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 prowess in the air it's led to them having the most goals from set pieces in the league with seven, so seven out of their eighteen goals in the league have, have come from set pieces, and that's an area where in recent years we've struggled in defending set pieces. So I feel that that's going to be a real, you know, we talk about maybe matchups like you know a right winger against left back, but I feel that. Just, just the set pieces are going to be so important on, on Saturday. Um, they've, um, they, in in the league, I was looking at how many shots uh, each team's conceded, and us Sunderland and Hull, we've all conceded the least amount of shots. So it's not just the fact that our goalkeepers are doing a pretty good job; it's the fact that we, our defenders are doing a good job from actually having chances created against them. So I do think it's going to be a very tight game. They. Um, but they do, however, have some real, real um, attacking talents going forward. They're they're playing um, Josh McGuinness up front, who's more of a sort of a target man type type player. But they've got um, Malik Wilkes, who's a very, very pacey winger. Uh, Keen Lewis Potter at just 19 years old, with uh, a few goals already in the league. And uh, just behind them, uh, just sort of roaming and really running the show is Honeyman, who they uh, signed from Sunderland. And I feel that. That, that keeping those three quiet, the Wilkes, Honeyman and Keen Lewis Potter, I feel if we if we have a chance on Saturday, it'll just be it, it, we just need to keep them quiet, and it'll it's going to be a tough ask. But I mean, of course we can do it, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah, thank you as always, Joe, for that brilliant breakdown. Um, Ross, I know you had some sort of individual players you want to touch upon, players that are maybe wants to watch. Do you want to touch upon those? Yeah, um, Joe mentioned about uh, Keen Lewis Potter. He has five goals and uh, one assist in ten appearances this season, and for someone with uh, such young age, that's um, he's on quite a, a goal scoring streak, but. Um, what I wanted to um, mention was George Honeyman um, already having five assists this season. So it just shows that he's their creative hub and um, a lot of um, old scoring chances and uh, chances created as such come out of him. So it'd be interesting to see how uh, we actually neutralise him going uh, forward. Um, and also, I just wanted to point out um, Matt Ingram. I know that Joe said they've got the fewest... Um, shots conceded but he's got an average rating of 6.85 on sofa score and um, he's maintained that throughout all his games so it's interesting to see that when he is needed um, he's there and I feel like a lot of uh, teams struggle with that because of 
you can have all the ball um, all the ball you want, but sometimes a lapse of concentration from the goalkeeper and then not being switched on can uh, put you in a weakness as such. And I just feel like this weekend it's going to be a tough game going forward. And um, as Joe said, I feel like it's going to be a very tight game. Yeah, brilliant, thank you for that. Apologies if you hear fireworks in the background of my mic. Um, I think the next door neighbours decided to set up some fireworks during recording, which is, you know, perfect timing. Um, they must have I'm, heard the news that Sermon's just signed. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe our first away <laughs> win in 14 months. That, maybe that was the reason why. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm kind of going to echo the two uh, Vigent's thoughts in terms of George Honeyman. Um, he kind of is everything for this team going forward. Um, you know, Ross mentioned about the assist figures, but... You know, he's also top for key passes per game at 2.7. Uh, big chances created, leads the team at nine. And, you know, he's even leading the team in elements like tackles per game at 3.5. So a bit like how Scott Fraser maybe is the creative hub for us and everything going forward, it's very much the same for someone like George Honeyman. And the key for us really is to be, you know, targeting him and trying to stop him. And, you know, <laughs> can we do that? I, I like to think so. Um, you know, with the field, we do have a player like Kasumu, um, maybe we'll see Gladwin or Sorensen come in for Thompson. Um, you know, quite physical players, not afraid of a challenge, and you know, that could be key in this game. Um, just some other stats to add as well. Um, how are the second best travellers this season in the league? Picked up 12 points on the road from six games. So, you know, the lads have mentioned about their defensive solidarity, they're also pretty good on the road, so they're not going to be afraid about coming to Stadium MK. And, you know, it's going to be a team who are pretty good at home versus a team who are pretty good away. So it'd be a nice little clash there. And, um, yeah, as mentioned, most clean sheets in the league at seven. So, you know, going to be a quite a tight game. And well, that will play into our predictions uh, very shortly. Um, so, gents, let's get into our predicted starting 11s. And as usual, we'll go through position by position and then try and come to some sort of consensus lineup at the end. So, Ross, why don't you kick us off with your predicted starting 11? First of all, I'd just like to mention that Russ um, mentioned about the winning formula and I feel like he's going to want to stick with that. So a lot of it's the same as um, last weekend with Fisher in goal, O'Hora, Keo, and Louis um, as that back line. Um, Sorinola, Kasumu, Fraser and with Thompson picking up the injury, I think um, Russ will start Sorensen in that midfield. And uh, we'll play uh, Ben Gladwin out on that left wing back um, with Jerome and Walker up top. I feel like there's no reason for for him to change it with um, with our performance on Saturday. And I just feel like if we want to create this momentum, we've got to stick with that same squad. Yeah, I pretty much echo everything you said, Ross, in terms of my particular starting lineup. Only change that I've got personally is that I've got Harvey coming back in for Gladwin. Um, just in terms of trying to get Harvey back into the swing of things, I know he's pretty crucial in terms of the team's build-up play. Yes, Gladwin had a brilliant game, but as you said, he could go back to the midfield or or maybe he just take it back at left wing and Harvey is left out. I have a feeling that I think Daniel's going to come back in straight away and um, you know try and build that momentum back up again. Joe, why don't you give us your pick to start at 11 for Saturday? Yeah, I've, I've, I've made a couple of changes, actually. Um, I, I'm thinking just with 
with, with Sunderland, it was it was wing backs and it was you know they they played three at the back as well as us. And I, I feel like down the wings wasn't so much as a, as a threat as it will be on Saturday. So I've gone for the same the same uh, d- uh, defence. And uh, wing-backs, I've gone for Paul and Soranola on the left. I feel that we're against Malik Wilkes, who's one of the most, surely the most dangerous dribblers in the league, I just, I think, it, especially with Harvey, I think he played tonight. I, 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 and with Soranola, I just feel there's no reason to drop Soranola. And then I feel that Paul is, is, is pretty solid as well. So I think Paul and Soranola are probably our two best defenders in terms of wing-backs. So I, I think I'd like to see them. And then uh, I've gone for the midfield trio of Kasumu, Sorensen and Fraser. I'd love to see Gladwin in there, but I just feel that against a team like Hull, with the pace, I think there's going to be a lot of to and throwing. And so I feel I just would l- like to see Sorensen uh, involved in, in, in coming in for Thompson, I would. I, I just feel that just offers us just a little bit more solidity. Okay, so we're actually pretty similar to more than I thought, to be fair. It's just obviously the wing-back situation that uh, are a bit different on. Um, but, you know, it's as you said, I can't mention earlier, though, it's kind of hard to get it right at the moment. We've got, we've got four wing-backs who are all playing pretty well. And, you know, we've got to pick two of them. And luckily... we'd be happy have to, to see that. any of them start. Yeah, exactly. And luckily, we'd have to make that decision. Uh, that's up to uh, Martin and the, the rest of the gents to uh, make, make that decision for us. Uh, yeah, so gents, why don't we finally get into our predictions for Saturday against Hull? Um, I'll kick us off, I suppose. So, as you kind of mentioned, I reckon it'll be two teams who are on a day fairly defensively solid. You know, Hull have got most of the teams in the league. And, you know, us as a team, we're, as we saw from Monday and from the fan forum, how we're limiting chances to opposing teams. And, you know, sometimes we're getting lucky, sometimes we aren't. And um, I feel like basically it's going to be who scores the first goal to win the game. And obviously I'm hoping it's Milton Keynes-Dons that scored the first goal. And that's why I'm going to go with 1-0 Milton Keynes-Dons. Uh, Ross, why don't you give us your prediction for Saturday? Yeah, as, as you say, it's going to be a tight game. Um, I know we'll very much have most of the ball because of one of Hull's strengths is their counter-attack. They just obliterate teams going forward and be interesting to see how uh, we deal with that but um, I've, I've, I'm going with a one-all draw only because of um, our best performance this season have been at home and I feel like um, um, I might be wrong but I don't think we've uh, not scored at, in a home game this season so I'm going with a one-all draw yeah, I mean, look, I think I think you're right. I think we have scored in every game this season at home. Um, yeah, fair enough. Uh, Joe, why don't you give us your prediction for Saturday? I think I think it will be quite end to end, but I don't think there's going to be many goals. Like like um, Ross said, they've got pace to burn on the counter attack, and we saw. I think it's almost similar to similar to Crew and Lincoln when they've got that big man up front. And he's and so in Josh McGuinness, he's not necessarily the dangerous ones. It's the runners off him that you need to worry about. And I feel that both those games were earlier early on in the season, and we actually did well. We didn't create much against Crew, but I feel against um, Doncaster we did create quite a lot, and they they play a similar system. And against Lincoln, we also I thought were pretty pretty damn good. And so I feel like we will create chances. It's just 
I feel we're further along in our journey and I feel that we will be able to defend a bit better. I'm going to go... I'm going to go one all. I'm going to go one all, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it one goal either way because I, I really do think it's going to be tight. And and that I just like to say as well, that's one thing that that I think is really positive this season is the fact that, but Oxford and Crew game aside, when we've been conceding goals, it's been pretty much largely just conceding one goal. And when you're conceding what ones and zeros, it's always going to give you a chance. And so I feel that it's going to be. It, it, you could call this game either way, and I think the odds are actually reflected in that. I think they're pretty, pretty close to the odds in terms of what the bookmakers are, are looking at. And if you were to look at the league, you wouldn't have thought that. But I, I, I do think that we are fairly well matched. But yeah, I'm going a one-all draw. Okay, so one win and two draws from the lads. Then uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out on Saturday. So yeah, um, thank you very much for listening to episode 13 of the MK1 podcast. Um, as I said, if you could check out um, fanhub at fanhub.com, that'd be much appreciated. Obviously, try and understand a bit about maybe why we partner with them in terms of, you know, putting fans, hashtag fans first. And, you know, ultimately try and generate some great content for you guys as well as benefiting us. Um, if you could also rate, review and subscribe to the podcast, that'd be brilliant. Um, as I always say, it's great to receive feedback on what we do well and what we don't. Um, and you know we can be benefiting that in the future and as usual go on you dons away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.